0: And I didn't have any choices though, which was a cool thing for me because I really learned when you don't have choices, that's the moment to become a master. Master yep. dishwasher, whatever, just become a master. And, and and I learned, I became great at something I hated.
1: You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests is famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to this story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huber.
2: All right. You're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Grant Cardone. How are you? I'm doing good, my friend. How you doing? Doing great, man. Good to have you. So, you know, I really always like to ask, like, was it three, four years old? You were filling stadiums, ready to go, like getting all your other kindergartners in and like getting them to get excited about their future. Like, take me back. Where'd this all start?
0: Oh, yeah. Look, I was born in the backseat of a Rolls after my my family landed their Gulf Stream. Now, now, I grew up in a 1400 square foot house, five kids, mom and dad, middle class family in Lake Charles, Louisiana. My dad was a stockbroker before he passed. He died when I was 10 years old. So it left a single mother, a single mother to raise five kids. And she didn't know how to wow. bring income come in. And so I grew up with a lot of fear in my household about money. She was clipping coupons. You know, she was doing what middle-class families do every day, which is, yeah. is no, you got enough money to worry, but not enough money to live.
2: And what, who are you, where were you in the five kids? Were you the oldest, middle child? Like, where were you?
0: I was the youngest. I was actually okay. the, the fourth, Uh, but but the fourth and fifth were twins. So my younger brother was, oh, only, wow. he was only younger
2: by five minutes. <laughs> gotta love it. You got that five minute younger brother. And so yeah. growing up, did you like start being entrepreneurial right away? Like start the hustle, start, you know, when did you start really finding your way and trying to earn money, trying to help? Yeah. So look, when my, when
0: my dad died and I saw my mom concerned about money, kids see everything, right? They experience everything. They know what's going on. They know when the family's fighting. They know that when there's trouble, there's fear and they know when everybody's happy. Right. So I knew my mom was unhappy. I knew she was scared and she was worried constantly. So I made it like at 10 years old, I made it my mission to solve this money problem. I I didn't know, but I didn't know how to do it because at 10, you can't work. It was right away. It It was right after your
2: dad died. Yeah, it was right after your dad died, you jumped in.
0: (laughs) It was instant. It was instant because my dad, my mom, my dad died on a Thursday. My mom was selling the house on Monday. So like, wow like in yeah. three or four days, we buried my dad and she was already making moves. She was terrified. And because yeah. we couldn't keep up the house that he had bought. It was paid for, by the way, there was no debt. The cars were all paid for. Yeah. He did all the right things. But when the income stops, the income stops and you're playing defense now. And right. that, that's what I really learned back then. Like, you know, I think now looking backwards, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm setting up my life so if I die today, the income doesn't stop, Elena's not gonna move into fear, my charities aren't negatively impacted. My dad figured out the first part of the game, he just didn't figure out the rest of it.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so, what was first? How did you start helping? Like, what, at 10 years old, what did you start doing? Well, I was just cutting, cutting grass and you know helping mom around the house.
0: And then I got very rebellious and angry because of no leadership. I kept waiting for my uncles to show up. I had three uncles. I mean, I waited for probably 13 or 14 months for my dad to come back. I thought it was a real, literally, I thought it was a dream. And then I waited for the uncles to pop in. They never did. By the time I was 16, I was starting to experiment with drugs. I was angry at between 16 and 25. I was using drugs every day. It was like only months after I started using drugs that I was using them all the time and ended up with a drug problem at 25 Mm -hmm. in debt, loser, like, my body was in terrible shape. I had been beat up 70 stitches in my head and face. Wow. I was unemployable, 130 pounds, 50 pounds less than I weigh today. I mean, literally my whole body was starting to break down without exaggeration. Yep. And I'd overdosed two or three times. I mean, I was, I was in trouble. I was in a lot of trouble and then I went to treatment and, and cleaned up my life. That's really when my life started getting on the right track.
2: So, 25, you went to treatment. It worked. Like, you it did it. Like, were you, did you come out fresh, ready to go? Like, what? No, nah, I
0: mean, no, you know, the only thing the treatment center did, because they kind of messed me up there too, because they said I, I had a disease and I was powerless and my life would be unmanageable. And the whole pitch, right, yeah. about the disease. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. I, I just made some bad choices. Like, anybody who uses drugs every day, you will become addicted to drugs. Like, you don't have a choice. And it's not, it's not a genetic thing, it is everyone. Yeah. There's no one yeah. that if you use drugs every day, you will become addicted to drugs because your body will crave drugs. And right. there's nobody that does, you just can't escape that that game, right? So I needed the 28 yeah. days to break, yeah. I, needed, I needed to break it. But when I came back, the work I did on myself when I came back was more important than what I did while I was there, which was I had to change my friends, change the places I was going to, and I needed to stay busy. You know, I really realized that I got in trouble when I wasn't busy. When I'm busy, I don't bother anybody. When I'm bored, everybody's going to get in trouble. And so (laughs) I just changed all my habits and and my routines. And and I I poured my addictive, that addictiveness and all that wasted time with destructive drugs. I I poured it into
2: learning my craft at that time. Awesome. And so what'd you start with? When you realized you needed to be busy, what did you get busy with? Well, I was a salesman. I had a job. The company that
0: I worked for when I went to treatment took me back. They were gracious enough to keep me on. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a job. And my reputation was that bad where I lived. And dude, I just, I hated sales, by the way. Hated it. And I didn't have any choices though, which was a cool thing for me because I really learned when you don't have choices, that's the moment to become a master. Master dishwasher, whatever, just become a master. And, and, And I learned, I became great at something I hated. And I learned how to sell. I learned how to communicate to people. I learned how to prospect. I learned how to keep a full schedule every day. I learned how to follow up with people. Some really great, you know, at that time, I didn't know what I would use it for later. I didn't know I would become this guy that would actually teach these things to companies. Like fast forward today, we teach companies how to do all the stuff that I hated. We now, I get paid millions of dollars a year to teach companies how to do those very same skills.
2: And that's how it works out. I mean, I always talk about like I made fun of marketing majors in college. I thought marketing was worthless. Lo and behold, now I employ two hundred marketers, and it's yeah. just how it goes. You, yeah. you, you can't really draw that straight line for it. Yeah. And so, what ended up happening from there? How long did you work there? Would love to know about like the path to where you are now. Like what what yes. happened next?
0: Yeah. So I would do that job for the next five years. At thirty years old, a company hired me to go out and start teaching companies. I did that for about a year. Oh. The guy the guy didn't have a. He didn't have a way to grow inside of his company and he and i uh, was it
2: like a consultancy? what, what it, kind of company was, was that
0: it was a consulting company and so he Got was it. really impressed with me he hired me to start teaching companies start selling consulting contracts to companies and i traveled and did that yeah. there was no place to grow in his company and i left he didn't want to grow his company and so i was yeah. i was forced to become an entrepreneur and I didn't want to, I, didn't, I never thought about being a boss or a, a business owner, no. but I was kind of forced into that situation and then would spend the next three years between 29 and 32 starting my company, my first company.
2: And what was your first company?
0: It was basically, I was going, I was working with automobile dealers around the United States and auto manufacturers on changing the process in which they handled people.
2: In terms of like their their own people or their customers? their customers,
0: how they handled customers, the sales process. Back 30 years ago, they wouldn't give you a price. I mean, still today, they they hang on to some of those old traditional ideas. I was the guy that went in and said, hey, look, offer the price up front, offer the payments up front, offer everything somebody wants up front. Don't make this such a hard, like this should take 30 minutes, not 30 hours. And so I was the guy that really ended up changing. I worked with every major manufacturer in the United States and Canada and changed the way people sold automobiles.
2: Got it. And so you built that for, you said, for three years or did you stick with it for a while?
0: No, I still have that company
2: today. 30 years later, I still have that company. So we still consult in the automobile automobile space. So that was that... Cardone Enterprises, like is that the start of your business or was that? Exactly. It was G
0: Cardone Enterprises. We created a bunch of training programs and consulting contracts. This was my first in with big companies. Like for the first 20 years of my career, I only worked with companies. Only in the last three or four or five years
2: did we start doing events
0: and working with entrepreneurs.
2: So yeah, and I'm curious, what was that? Like, what was the next big like sort of pivot, you know, or evolution in the business like you're working with car dealerships like at yeah, what point so, did you start exploring the market
0: so dude look I was I was doing 250 gigs a year on the road every uh-huh. literally I was doing 20 days a month in front of audiences. A guy comes to me, I think I was 33 years old, said, Hey, I want to start a second company with you under your name. That company's still going today. I'm a minority owner in it. It's been extremely successful. And then the third company was the real estate. I started dabbling in real estate when I was 33, 34. That's $2 billion worth of real estate today. Started out with a $78,000 house. And
2: now it's, you know, now it's a big, it's a, it's a major, major part of our business today. And that that was taking cash flow from the consulting the yeah. consulting and putting it into real estate
0: yeah. i, I would nice. take money from the first two businesses burying it in the real estate and just literally going to sleep yep. not worrying about it i so said i'll look at it in five or six or seven years
2: smart and what, yeah. what was the second business by the way the one you partnered with it was an offshoot of
0: the first business where i quit going and doing the consulting they picked up the consulting role and i was doing more of the bigger events Speaking to larger audiences, that would become a funnel for that consulting company. And then cash started coming in from both those. And then I was working on my life. In the meantime, my life got pretty well, you know, around 40 years old, I was making some money and for the first time in my life. And then I had to start working on my life again and and became interested in having a family at some point.
2: Nice. And so when did you meet your wife around that period or yeah, when did you meet uh, your
0: mid, wife? Mid 40s. I'm like, okay, I'm done with all this traveling. I'm done with the, the single yeah. life and, and acting like an idiot everywhere I went. And I uh-huh. met Elena about 45. It took me a couple of years to close that deal. We started having kids when I was 50, 51. So I started having kids when I late in uh-huh. life.
2: Yeah. But you got, had the opportunity to go do, as you said, run around like a maniac and do your thing. And, you know, sometimes it's not so bad to wait a little while. And so I'm curious about the evolution. Like, I want to get to the part of like now with the you know consumer events, so to speak. But the you know, let's just say 15 years between you being 33 and 48. How did the business evolve? Was it just continuing to double down on real estate and plant seeds, yeah. building cash flow?
0: Yeah, all I did was bang on the first two, over and over and over and over again. I changed yeah. very little. All we did was do more of it, and so I just kept beating. Yeah, I think it. people miss that. Totally, totally did everybody like, I don't want to say everybody misses it, but that is, I just leaned on it over and I kept running the same play over and over. And if it made money, I just hit yep. it again. And then I take all the money and I just buy yep. a real estate. And the, the one mistake looking yep. back, you know, I got comfortable somewhere in my forties, early forties, I got comfortable and I quit doing deals. And I just started stacking cash. That was a major mistake. I should have just kept leaning into that formula, bang the first two businesses, take all the cash flow, dump it into something real. Because, because you know, businesses are made up, okay? The idea yeah. that I would help somebody improve something is an idea. Yeah. And it is a bit manufactured. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the real estate's real. Like I can go see it, touch it, walk it. There's tenants there. People need to live there. And I should have just kept doing more of that. I'd, I'd have 20 billion today rather than two.
2: Yeah, that's similar size real estate portfolio built off a waste business. And same thing, you just took all the cash out of the waste business, put into real estate starting 30 years ago. And I always ask him, what's the you know biggest thing you've learned? He's like, don't sell, keep stacking. Like, just yeah. keep going. That's the biggest thing. Like Everything I've sold has been worth way more later. He's like, just what? keep buying and planting, buying and planting.
0: Biggest mistake I ever made was selling anything that I've ever owned. There was one piece of property that I sold that I'm glad I did. I would not want it today. But everything else, I yeah. should should have just kept it.
2: Yep. And it's it's interesting on businesses, too. I just dealt with this whole brain exercise of we've, we've been offered to sell for more money than I'll ever need in my life. But- there's a reason they want to buy it. And it's like, that's the thing. Like, you, if you keep going, it's going to be worth more later. So, just if you're, unless you're getting old and retired, just keep going. It's, it's, and that's why like what you said about 15 years of heads down, planting, planting, planting. I think people need to hear that. It's not always just about a get rich quick. It's like you got to grind for a while and that can really benefit you.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things that the mistake I made was I took cash and I would start just storing cash and backing off of the investing, I, that was a mistake, okay? Because I was brought yeah. up to save cash because of some yeah. of the trauma early on in my life about losing people. You know, I repeated some of what my dad did. Oh, pay all the debt off. It's, it's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. The whole thing is like, no, dude, keep getting money from some other people, invest it in something real, converting cash to some real property that produces more cash. And I should have just kept repeating that. Shouldn't have sold anything. I shouldn't have played it safe, you know? But- hindsight's 2020, right?
2: Yeah. And you're still doing just fine. So what, now I'm curious. So, you know, starting five years ago, what got you into sort of the, the event space going to like, you know, the common people trying to get motivation. From 10X? Yeah. How did that all come about?
0: Yeah. So, so in 2008, when the economy crashed, the thing that got me through it was my real estate. Cause the other two businesses were just scorched. They didn't die, but they, they were cut in half. And they really, yeah. you know, one of them is recovered. One of them never recovered because the the guy that was running it never recovered. Right. But the business is yeah. only as good as the operator. The operator got, he got yeah. emotionally just scarred. So at that time, I realized in 2010, I had gone too narrow. There was too few. The vertical was too, I was too dependent upon one vertical, one clientele. And it was in 2010, I'm like, I'm gonna get the whole world to know who I am. And that was really, that was... 11 years ago, that's when I started a YouTube channel, Facebook, Facebook had popped out. And then over the period of time, you know, I I started creating video content for the everyday. I'm like, I'm gonna get people in Taipei to know my name. I'm gonna get people in Dubai to know who I am, Australia. If I can get people to know me in parts of the world that maybe don't even speak my language, I'm gonna be perfect here at home. So 2008 really taught me a lesson about going wide, not just deep. I I got I had the deep thing figured out. I should have been going wide at yep. the same time. That was, it, was it a,
2: the idea is like you, you diversify your audience, you diversify yourself. Like you get you have more opportunities. So if the economy crashes here, maybe you can work in Taipei. Was that part of it?
0: Well, no, it wasn't so much geographical. It was never be in one industry. So yeah, back back it. then I was in automotive. Today we're in automotive, furniture, chiropractors, dentists, doctors, healthcare. I mean, they're, they're, I don't think there's a business I'm not touching. Financial services, technology, Google uses the 10X rule, like all the way down to like, you know, doing the undercover billionaire show where, where I have nothing. Right. So I'm, I'm just appealing to people that have no money. People, we, we send out a thousand free books every day, every single day of the year. Wow. Those convert, those convert to something else later on. They're all connected to funnels. So that people raise their hand and say, hey, I want to come to your event. We do a 15,000 person event every year.
2: Yeah, It's coming up, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, right around the corner. Three weeks. Yep. From.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. So last two questions. because I know you got to run first. What's next? What's what's on? What do you think's in your future? What, what are you excited about coming down the pipe?
0: Look, I you know, I want to I want to take my portfolio, my real estate portfolio and I want to do something with it that's never been done before and I, and I really want to try to crack the game and 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 allow the smaller player to actually get access to institutional quality real estate. The deal's a bit stacked the way it is now. Most Americans only get to buy the garbage. Maybe they get to buy a house and they think it's a nice house but it's not the best real estate really. And so, you know, I'm hoping to do something on Wall Street at some point, but but I got to build my real estate portfolio up a bit before I can get the leverage I need with the big guys.
2: Makes sense? Last question, what is one piece of advice you have you do this a lot, so I think you'll be good at this for someone just trying to achieve their dream, to get to the, whether it's to become you or whatever that their version of being, you know, getting to success is. What would be your piece of advice?
0: I would tell you don't try to do it on your own. Like don't don't think that you need to be the guy because you're not going to be the guy or the gal. You're going to have to have a team. And if I was doing it all over again, I mean, if you watch what I did in Undercover Billionaire, I did not go try to do anything by myself. I found people that were already in play. I would tell the person that's listening right now, go find somebody in play. Go find a driver, somebody, a risk taker. Don't do this from scratch. Go, go jump on somebody's train, jump on their plane, you know, stow away in the baggage department, dude. dude, Like if you can't get a seat at the table, serve water and get in the room, get in the room where people are actually moving and doing something and taking risks and get in the room where people have money.
2: Amen. Well, Grant, thank you so much for the time and being on Hawk Talk. Really appreciate it. Brother, I appreciate you, man.
0: I'll see you in the club. Amen. See you on Clubhouse,
2: bud. Talk
1: to you. Peace. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free, identify opportunities in your marketing strategy, then get you teamed up with individual experts, all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered.